Good evening, everyone, and sorry for the delay on this episode. I decided to give myself the weekend off to celebrate Halloween a little bit more than usual this year. But anyway, if you'll recall, from last episode, we covered the Renaissance era, where the exchange of information was leading to pain relief knowledge spreading around the world. After that, we first begin to enter the Industrial Era, where science rapidly advances and with it comes the first industrial production of morphine, which is what we'll start talking about today. By now in this season, you should be fairly familiar with opium, also known as the poppy plant, which is a plant that has pain-killing properties as well as being potentially addictive and dangerous. By the 1800s, it's already been in use for various pain-killing things for literally thousands of years, across multiple continents. But using the plant as a drug can be a bit imprecise. Individual plants might vary in their effect due to variations in the amount of the relevant chemicals. But once we as a species began to figure out chemistry, it became possible to identify specific chemicals that made opium do what it does. And with that came the idea that it could be possible to mass-produce the relevant chemicals, which as it turns out is exactly what happens in the 1800s. This all got started in December 1804, with a German pharmacist named Friedrich Surturner. Surturner was the son of a surveyor and engineer in Germany, who unfortunately died when Surturner was quite young. Their family of six children was in dire financial straits, and so Surturner immediately began looking for work and was able to find an apprenticeship with a pharmacist at the young age of 16. I don't know about you, but I did not have a real job by 16, although times were probably a bit different 200 years ago. He worked for four years before taking and passing an exam that certified him to work as a pharmacist's assistant. And it was at that job that he discovered morphine, along with a bunch of other stuff. I don't have a lot of details on how exactly he discovered morphine, but he, of course, had to isolate the compound from the raw opium plant, and then proceeded to experiment with it, using it on animals, a few other people, and also himself, in the tradition of other great scientists throughout the ages. Some sources seem certain that Sir Turner was addicted to morphine throughout his life, but other sources I found seemed less certain. It was around 1804 that Sir Turner discovered morphine, but it would be many more years before this discovery was appreciated, which is something we've also seen before on this podcast. He first sent a short note to a journal in 1805 and published an article that same year, both of which went completely unnoticed. Six years later, he wrote another article, which again received pretty much no response. And finally, in 1817, 12 years after his initial discovery of morphine, Sir Turner wrote and published one more article. And finally, somebody noticed. Third time's the charm, I guess. You might be wondering how he had the patience to wait 12 years, and as far as I can tell, he really understood how important his discovery could be. And also, he had a lot of other projects going on. I just think it's interesting, so I'll mention some. But Sir Turner had a lot of other scientific interests. Between 1808 and 1812, he experimented with other chemicals, like hydrochloric acid and chlorine, and spent time trying to improve drinking water. Somehow from there, he got into trying to improve guns and cannons for the army and the navy, and then he wrote an article on mummification, which just is totally out of the blue. Eventually, though, he was recognized for the discovery of morphine, which he named after Morpheus, the Greek god of dreams, and not the Matrix character. And rightfully so, for the isolation of morphine was to have major consequences. 
Up to this point, it had been well known that opium had addictive qualities and painkilling qualities, but morphine, being the pure form of the chemicals in opium, was much more potent and required small doses to be effective. This has some benefits, especially with respect to medicine. More potency requires less storage space and can make it easier to administer and keep on hand. With the invention of the hypodermic needle in 1853, morphine could eventually be directly injected into the bloodstream in small, controlled quantities, providing immediate pain relief, or in the case of abuse, euphoria, and possible addiction. In 1850, even before the invention of the hypodermic needle, there were already medical texts describing how to treat morphine addiction and withdrawal, namely by weaning patients off of the stuff. It's not all bad, though. As we know, opium does have genuine usefulness as a pain remedy, even if it can be dangerously addictive. But the fact that it does have a legitimate medical use can also serve as a gateway to widespread addiction, and the late 1800s will see plenty of need for reducing pain. Next week, we talk about the great waves of morphine addiction that rocked the world, brought on often by good intentions, but with disastrous results. As always, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear or don't, tell me why with the links in the show notes, or tell a friend. Thanks also to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, and Muse Open for this music. Music